Thanks for joining us for today's edition of Lessons for Living. His word so fresh in our hearts abound. His word made flesh in the here and now. A new life is beginning. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. He was commended because he was wise. He was shrewd. He had great insight, and yet he was honest. Well, why would he commend him? Because the manager used his current circumstance wisely to secure his future. Really, the boss probably said, if I was in your shape, I'd probably done the same thing. I'm not concerned about other people's future. I'm only concerned with mine. This story seems to contradict everything that Jesus stands for. Rewarding and commending a dishonest man for being dishonest, it goes against everything we're taught about how to behave. Jesus, however, has a deeper point to make, and Pastor Mark will be teaching about that today. Jesus' point is to focus on the man's honesty with his condition. He knew what he could do and was willing to do, and he came up with a solution for his long-term financial care. Pastor Mark will be teaching how this man's story relates to our long-term spiritual care. Remember, there's quite a few ways to receive a copy of Pastor Mark's teaching. We'll be sharing all that information with you at the close of today's broadcast. Now, here's Pastor Mark in Luke chapter 16 with part one of his message, Planning for Our Future. Today, we actually study one of the most difficult and actually bizarre parables given by Jesus in the Bible. Most parables are difficult because you have to be careful how you teach them, but this is crazy. You say, well, Pastor Mark, why do you say that? Well, you're going to see today that we have a dishonest manager who cheats his boss. But then Jesus says to his disciples, now listen up. Because you're going to learn some really good things from this dishonest, cheating man. Really? Exactly. Now, let's look at Luke chapter 16, verse 1. Get your Bibles. You'll enjoy it. God will help us get the application he wants from it. And Jesus told this story to his disciples. Let's just stop there. Jesus told this story to his disciples. So, Who is teaching this parable? Okay, let's try it again. Who is teaching this parable? Okay, am I teaching the parable? No, I'm just giving his points. So don't get mad at me. And I give you wisdom after many years. Don't you dare get mad at Jesus. That doesn't work too well. So Jesus is the one teaching Now, you're going to see why you're going to be uncomfortable with it, but it's actually good for us. Now, who is he teaching? Look at the verse. Who is he teaching? 
the disciples. Now later on, actually the Pharisees are listening to, but the whole focus is to his disciples. So who is Jesus this morning really teaching? Raise your hand if you're a Christian this morning. That's it. He's teaching you about the whole principle of the parable. So I'll remind you of that just to take the pressure off of me as I go through. So you'll see what we're going through. Jesus told this story to his disciples, to you and me. There was a certain rich man who had a manager handling his affairs. And one day a report came that the manager was wasting his employer's money. Now, when you see all of that, somehow the rich owner found out, we don't know how, Jesus doesn't tell us, discovered that the manager he had hired to handle all of his business was cheating and wasting his money. So what is this owner going to do? Look at verse 2. So the employer called him in and said, hey, what's, what's this I hear about you? Get your report in order because you are going to be fired. So the manager already has decided to fire this man, but he wants one thing from him. He wants an audit. How much have I lost because of your dishonesty? You take the time to do the audit and realize while you're doing that, I'm paying you, but then you're fired. You're done. You're finished. Verse three. And the manager thought to himself, now what? In a few days, I'm out of work. My boss has fired me. I don't have the strength to dig ditches. So he's probably an older guy. I'm too proud to beg. Aha. I know how to ensure that I'll have plenty of friends who will give me a home when I'm in basically fire. So he knows, this manager knows he's in real trouble. He'll be out of a job. He can't really do manual labor, probably the only thing left. He's too proud to beg. And how about his resume? When he sends his resume out, how many people are going to hire him? Well, your resume, you always list your Jobs in the past. His last job, what's he going to have to put? Fired. Nobody is going to hire him. Well, let me ask you, why would you fire? Well, because I cheated my boss. Okay. That's the end of that. Now, so he comes up with a clever plan, keyword for his future. Say the word with me, future. Come on, future. So he's looking... He's looking here. Okay, what's my future going to look like? I got a plan. I got a plan. The key word in Jesus' parable is future. And you're going to see it's not just about the future here. It's a future after we die. So this is the key thing that he's doing. So he looks up this list. Of course, he didn't have a computer in those days. He looked up these lists of people that are debtors to his boss And what each one of them owned. And to make sure his future is secure, he's going to make friends with these debtors. He's going to actually cheat his boss more and make them indebted to him. In other words, he's going to show kindness to these debtors. And in return of showing this kindness, 
they will have to be kind to him in the future. Let me ask you a question when we talk about future. I want everybody to answer it yourself. 120 years from today, where will you be spending your future? Few heavens. Are there any other options in heaven? This is an unbiblical crowd. <laughs> what are the two options after we die? Heaven and you can say it. It's in church. It's all right. By the way, guess what next week's teaching is from Jesus? It's all about hell. I'm not laughing. I didn't want to do it after Easter, the first sermon. I didn't have to. This is the first sermon. So you say, well, Pastor Mark, why'd you use 120 years? Because you might have somebody really, really young. Think about that. Would you want to live 120 years? Probably not. So after 120 years, what's going to... Here's a percentage I'm sure you're aware of. 100% of people die. If that's news to you, I'm not sure where you've been, but 100% of people die. So where are you going to spend your future? You have two options. See, and you'll see in a moment, the world doesn't think about what I'm going to tell you. But this is a whole parable for Jesus. When you die, will you spend your future in heaven forever, eternity, or in hell, separated from God forever? That's the thing. But you'll see as this man's thinking, oh, he's not thinking about heaven. He's not thinking about hell. He's an unbeliever. He's only thinking about what? Five years from now, seven years from now. So he's planning for his future, which you'll see in a moment is not a bad thing. But he misses the whole point. Now, as you see this, look at verse five. So he invited each person who owed money to his employer to come and discuss, quote, their situation. He asked the first one, how much do you owe him? How much do you owe my boss? And the man replied, I owe him 800 gallons of olive oil. Now, again, this is going to be in Israel, lots of olive trees. So the manager told him, take your bill, quickly change it to 400 gallons. What kind of a discount is that? That's 50%. Anybody be excited to get 50% off the bill. This guy's ecstatic. Fantastic. Wow. And what the man is saying is this. You pay for these 400. I'll get that money back to my boss. And you can call it even. But he noticed he's cheating the boss again. He goes to the next man, verse 7. And how much do you owe my employer? He asked the next man. I owe him a 1,000 bushels of wheat, was the reply. Here the manager said, Take the bill and change it to 800 bushels. Now, I hope the first guy doesn't meet the second guy. <laughs> and we don't really know why. How much, what was his discount? 20%, not 50%. But he'll take, anybody here take a 20% discount? I'll take a 20% discount. That's why all the retirees go after four o'clock. Now, here we go. The, ma- <laughs> the manager reduced his bill 20%, another great discount. Manager says to him, you pay for the 800? We're even, baby. We're even. By reducing their debts to his master, cheating his master, they were now indebted to who? To him. In the future, basically what he's saying is this. You owe me. And we see this in a lot of different things. 
These are just two examples. This man just didn't go to two people. He went to probably everybody on the list because he's thinking of his future. Verse eight is a bizarre verse. The rich man, the owner, had to admire the dishonest rascal for being so shrewd. Here's a shocking verse from who? All right, let's go all the way back to the beginning. Who's speaking this? Jesus. So this is verses from who? Jesus. So he says that the owner says, wow, I admire you for cheating me even more because you're very shrewd. He was commended because he was wise. He was shrewd. He had great insight. And yet he was honest. Well, why would he commend him? Because the manager used his current circumstance wisely to secure his future. Really, the boss probably said, if I was in your shape, I'd probably done the same thing. I'm not concerned about other people's future. I'm only concerned with mine. Then Jesus adds another very interesting comment. Look at verse 8, the next. And it's true that children of this world, that's unbelievers, Children of this world, unbelievers, are more shrewd in dealing with the world around them than are the children of light, Christians. Now, Jesus just says that. Here's where it gets very personal to us. Jesus says, the children of this world, unbelievers, are wiser and bold in planning their futures on the earth. They're more concerned with that. They're focused on money They're focused on their future on the earth than believers and children of light. Now, we're reminded that the majority of unbelievers in our world today, when you think of future, they are not thinking of heaven or hell. That is not on their radar. Oh, they may think about it once in a while, but that's not how they live life. They're living life for the next 10, 20, 30, 40. When can I retire? What's this going to happen? They're planning just for that. And Jesus will show us as we walk through, if Christians would plan the same way spiritually for the end of unbelievers to become Christians, or they would think more about the future eternity, they'd be wiser, but they don't either. So it's a challenge to us. Now, Jesus is not saying, as a Christian, I shouldn't plan for the future on earth. Of course we should. That's why we have retirement, 401k, keep a job, do all the things that we do, pay for our house, watch the taxes, we take care of our families. Of course we're supposed to do that. Remember, the Bible talks about planning everywhere. But it doesn't stop just with your 401k. It doesn't stop just with this world. Jesus said we should be shrewd. We should be bold. We should be wise. Remember one day Jesus said, does anybody build a tower and not first stop and think like, can I finish building it? So there's planning involved. Planning is biblical, but the planning that the unbelievers doing is not the planning the believers should be doing. Yes, you should plan. Yes, you should have life insurance. Yes, you should have all these things in balance. But Jesus takes it to a different perspective. Look at the next verse in the New Living Translation. 
<laughs> Look at these first three words. Here's the lesson. Pastors, one of our jobs is to give you the application. Teach the passage, give you the application. So when you walk out the door, you can go like, wow, those are really nice verses. What am I supposed to do with that? So my goal of every pastor, application makes all the difference. I didn't have to study much for the application. I just had to figure out what the craziest thing is saying. Because guess who gives us the application? Jesus. By the way, who's teaching? So who gives us the application? Notice what he says. Here's the lesson. Who's he saying the lesson to? You. All of us. So he says to us this morning, here's the lesson. This is for you. You're the disciples. You're the believers. Listen up. Let me show you. Look what he says. Use your worldly resources to benefit yourself. Is that what it says? No. Use your worldly resources to benefit others and make friends. Now, this relates back to this man making friends. Then he says this. Then when your earthly possessions are gone, when will our earthly possessions be gone? The minute you breathe your last breath. It's divided up in five billion relatives that you never knew you had and all the rest of the stuff. Nobody takes a U-Haul to floor. Here, I'm taking this U-Haul, filling it up, taking it right to heaven with me right there. That's my special stuff. No, you go there naked and eventually in your new body. Then when your earthly possessions are gone, they will welcome you to a, here's the first introduction of future that Jesus is talking about. Then they will welcome you to an eternal home. Who is the they? It's believers who got to heaven because you used your gifts, your time, and your money to help them get saved. So here's what you want to write. Jesus in his teaching says this. He reminds us that life's real future is not here. Our real future, notice, is our eternal home. It's heaven. It's eternity. You have to understand, keep your finger right there. We'll be right back. Go to the book of Hebrews chapter 11. You see, one of the things that we struggle with is realizing that there's coming a day and it could happen anytime to any of us that you and I are going to be out of here. We're going to end up dying. And what does that actually look like? Well, in the Old Testament, the believers that were in the Old Testament, they looked forward to the coming of the Messiah. They never got to see Jesus. They died before that. But by faith, they knew the Messiah was coming. They believed the scriptures. Now look at Hebrews eleven thirteen. All these people, the Old Testament believers, were still living by faith when they die. They did not receive the things promised. In other words, they never saw Jesus come. Only John the Baptist, after that 400 years of silence, he began to see Jesus. These people never did. But notice, they only saw them and welcomed them from a distance. They knew that the Messiah was coming, salvation was coming. But notice, they admitted while they were here on this earth that they were aliens and strangers on the earth. All these Old Testament believers had a mindset. They realized that this world was not their final home. Like these people of faith, we need to understand this morning, and this is what Jesus is teaching. We need to understand this morning that our life on earth is simply a short journey. 
And if I plan all my future about this earth, I've missed it. Because eternity is a trillion, 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 trillion times longer than here. Do you realize how fast time goes? I just finished Easter. I'm now working on Christmas Eve services. Don't laugh, because in August, you'll see Christmas trees this year. Is that the way the world goes, or what? As you get older, does it slow down? Now, you young people, I know you're laughing like crazy. Just wait. It'll happen to you. We're done. It's over. So what are we saying? Look, heaven is where we belong. Can I hear an amen somewhere? It's where we belong. And there's nothing permanent about this earth. Nothing. When you get up tomorrow morning, everything could change. North Korea, boom, who knows? There is nothing permanent here, but it's permanent there. And that's what Jesus is trying to say. He's trying to say, don't put all your eggs here. Think about the future, which is eternity. Now, I want you to turn to your neighbor and just say this. I'm a pilgrim on my way to heaven. And you have to do it with a smile. Come on, turn to your neighbor. I'm a pilgrim on my way to heaven. Would you rather say, I'm an alien on the way? It just means this is not our home. This is not our home. Now, what does that application look like? Go again and see that. Remember, eternal home. Jesus said, if you're going to live here, definitely take care of the things that are here. Your family, all those kind of things. College for the kids, whatever you need to do. But have an eternal impact on people. Realize, this is not our home for anybody. Now, What resources do you and I, as Christ followers, have that can be used to benefit, as Jesus said, to benefit others and get them ready for eternity? What resources do we have? Now, let me explain to you something. Most of you, well, you know this is true, but you never think of it this way. Do you know today that every Christ follower actually works for God? Your boss is not you. Your boss is God. See, when I turn my life over to Jesus Christ, he came to live inside me, and I become the temple of the living God. But he is boss. I don't rule my life anymore. God rules it. And it's not like a robot. It's not like forcing. It's I submit my will to God. Our salvation, I don't work for. It's a gift. But God has created us to do good things on the earth. He is our boss. We're his managers. Now, Ephesians 2.10, we are God's masterpiece. He has created us anew in Christ Jesus so we can do the good things he planned for us long ago. It's kind of weird hearing Pastor Mark tell us that Jesus commended a man for his unrighteous behavior. It's important to understand that the point wasn't what the man did, but the motivation that drove him to act the way he did. It's critical that we become as driven to achieve godly goals, only being sure to do them God's way rather than using unscrupulous methods. Maybe you're listening right now and God has placed a certain person on your heart that needs to hear this message. Or maybe you'd like to share it with all of your friends. 
There's a simple way to share this message. Log on to Lessons for Living Radio and click on the radio program option in the main menu. There, you'll find the Lessons for Living media player. In the Messages tab, simply click on today's date. Then you can share today's message directly on your Facebook page, Twitter feed, or send a link via email. You can even embed today's message directly. Again, to share today's message with friends and family members, log on to LessonsForLivingRadio.com. Click on the radio program button, then simply click on today's date. You'll find all the options to share. Next time, Pastor Mark will continue with this story, delving further into the motivations of the man, as well as peeling back some of our reasonings for our behavior. We need to be sure that we are acting in accordance with God's Word. God makes it abundantly clear that those who engage in a pattern of ungodly behavior will not be a part of His kingdom. We've run out of time today, but we do encourage you to tune in next time as Pastor Mark will continue teaching through this series, Everyday Life of Jesus. That's next time on Lessons for Living. in a hurting world a new hope he is giving